With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Dr. E.J. McKenzie on Blog Talk Radio. Greetings, this is your host, Dottie J. McKenzie with the Master Key. During this Saturday uh, noon, I pray that the day has found you well. It only can find you well because you made it to find you well. God has created you in His image and His likeness and has given you and I dominion over the fish of the sea to follow the air and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the face of the earth. Once again, it's a pleasure to join you this Saturday uh, noon, and we pray that the Lord will bless you today. But I want to make an announcement today. Today is going to probably be my last day of um, doing Saturday noonday prayer, uh, or sharing during noon uh, time. Uh, we established this uh, for you, and. Uh, and seem like noon is not a very good time for many people. Uh, they're out and about, but we wanted to uh, uh, set this aside so we can uh, uh, be a blessing to you. Uh, take the giftings of God that God has given unto us to be able to pass along to you. And that uh, uh, God will be glorified in the midst of it, that you can receive encouragement, you can be built up, strengthened, and even receive the miracle that God has designed for you. But we want to share today, I think, is going to be uh, uh, a powerful word. Matter of fact, the Lord just was, I was in meditation, makes it all day, uh, this morning, rather, and the Lord began to drop some things in my spirit, <laughs> excuse me, uh, that he want me to share with you. Uh, I want to show you how you uh, receive and obtain and maintain um, that which God has promised you, your prophetic word that has been spoken over you, over your life. Uh, so many of uh, believers, uh, God's sons and daughters, allow the devil to rob them and steal them, and then he uh, uh, impart into your mind that God is the reason why, or you are the reason why. And because of our ignorance, God said in his word, my people is destroyed for lack of knowledge. The Bible says Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So therefore, ladies and gentlemen, he's still in the world. Uh, nothing is magic. When we begin to understand the principle of how to appropriate them, uh, you and I can appropriate them. The scripture clearly tells us that the, our fight is a fight of faith. We have to fight the good fight of faith. We the problem is at the church, majority of us, we know a lot of scriptures, but we don't know how to appropriate them. 
we think if I pray scripture, everything's going to be well. If I confess scriptures, everything's going to be well. In a way, those are means to an end, and put it that way. It is not the end. And so we want to uh, uh, share some principles, I believe, that will help you uh, to be able to receive everything that God has promised you and understand how it works. You and I are still living in a world that Satan is still in, the demonic forces is still in, a world that Jesus really did uh, conquer Satan in this world. Uh, Jesus was the Word of God that became flesh, and the purpose of him becoming flesh, that he will defeat Satan in his cohorts. He will defeat sin and death. He will die by taking our sins. He will rise the third day in victory. With all authority and power, he will ascend back to heaven. He's right now sitting on the right hand of the Father for reason. Him sitting there is, is the evidence that uh, uh, humanity, sin, has been redeemed. Uh, uh, humanity has been redeemed from sin. He has conquered Satan. He has conquered his cohorts. And he has conquered sin and death, destruction, and everything that is not of God nor like God. So him sitting on the right hand of the Father is just not sitting there. Satan know it, demons know it, creation know it. The problem is the majority of us don't know it and don't understand it. So Jesus sitting on the right hand of the Father is, uh, is, is the supremacy, the lordship of everything in the heavens and in the earth. Uh, uh, him sitting there is the guarantee of the promises of God. What do the scriptures say? For all the promises of God is yes and in who? Christ, amen. Amen, so be it. So it's done, it's settled, it's it. It cannot be altered or changed. It's, it's done when God promised him. It, Jesus is the amen. Jesus is the finality of it. Uh, anybody going to argue? Nobody, nobody. Satan can't even argue with God's promise concerning you. He, he knows he can't, and that's real to him. But he can stop you from receiving God's promise by lying, manipulating, deceiving, tricking you. And let's go look at some of these things so we can make sure that we, do, we stop allowing Satan to manipulate us, block us, stop us, and trick us from being the men and the women of God that God has ordained the point and anointed us to be. These messages in your church, my church, on television, none of these things means absolutely nothing if I don't believe it and know how it works and know how it works. Now, through the word of the Lord, we see people starting to be, they'll start off to believe and they end up doubting. And then some will believe all the way like, the, like our father Abraham. He is the pattern of faith. So we see in the word of the Lord how he obtained the promise. He's the pattern. If you want to know how it worked, let's go back, study his life, and begin to follow the pattern of his life. Follow it, and then watch what happened. Just like God has fulfilled his promise in Abraham's life, God will fulfill his promise in our life. And matter of fact, ours is even greater uh, than Abraham. Excuse me. Uh, uh, the, uh, God entered a covenant with Abraham. 
He entered a, uh, we entered into the covenant with him through uh, receiving Christ as our Lord and Savior. Hebrews says, uh, but our covenant is, is, is greater than the covenant that God made with Abraham. When God made the covenant with Abraham, Satan was not defeated. There was no law in the earth realm at that particular time. Uh, uh, we, we really don't see what well, God really didn't have a legal access into the earth at that time. It was through that covenant with Abraham and from that covenant to Abraham, that's how Christ was able to come into the earth, be a bit virgin born and uh, die, rise again the third day, ascended on high, and now God have access in the earth realm through hundreds of thousands, not millions of uh, born-again believers. He have a right. And that's why you and I have not become the light of the world and the salt of the earth. But that even that don't mean nothing. I need I need a personal experience and a personal encounter with God. Every born again believer need that. And that's what happened in the book of Acts in the early church. All of them had encounters with Jesus. And that's what made the church explode and grow. Jesus was real to them because they had a real encounter with him. And the Holy Spirit led them into that encounter. And see how Satan, Satan is a master. What he has done, he has come to manipulate uh, even uh, everything that took place uh, in the book of Acts. So uh, uh, he know that the Holy Spirit is the agent of God in the earth realm. The witches and the warlocks have spirit guides. The Holy Spirit is our spirit guide. They have demons. We have God himself through the person of the Holy Spirit. It's our spirit guide. And all of their spirit guide is secondary towards uh, the Holy Spirit. I mean, the Holy Spirit is God. So, but they're operating in a greater level in the realm of, in the realm of the spirit than the majority of born again believers. And we got God. Well, what has happened? Satan has manipulated it. He has manipulated by erroneous teaching and erroneous belief systems. Erroneous teaching, and erroneous belief system. Now, I didn't intend to get going uh, uh, to go this route at all, but I suppose God wants me to lay foundation before we get into what uh, I put down to share with you um, uh, this Saturday. But erroneous, and what I mean by that, the th- take the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came down on the independent council. He said, uh, "Cause, <clears throat> excuse me, let me slow down here." Uh, Acts one uh, eight says, "You shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you." And uh, you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, uh, uh, Samaria, and all, I think it's Jerusalem, uh, Judea, Samaria, and all, and all the parts of there. So, how many? If I actually do, you have the uh, the Holy Spirit, uh, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The majority of people I know do, but we see no power. He said, "You shall receive power that the Holy Spirit to come upon you." So then, the question would be, Have I really received the Holy Spirit? Have I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Because he said, you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses. And we don't see that happening. And what has happened is we have uh, diluted or downgraded the baptism of the Holy Spirit to tongues. Because they spoke in tongues, Satan has come into the church and put emphasis on the tongue. And not the power. If, 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 he said, you shall receive power. After the Holy Spirit come upon you, He said you shall receive tongues. Can you can you see the, the distortion? Because you only can believe and receive what has been presented to you, or what you believe is truth, what you believe is right. So we want the tongues, and so what happens is 
uh, if that's the emphasis in the church, that's what we major on, that's all you would get is a tongue, but there's no power. And that's the sad thing with us. So therefore, he comes in and distorts. He comes in and manipulates. But he'll use part truth to us. And just as long as it's, it's, uh, it's distorted just a little bit, he don't mind. He don't care. As long as if it's distorted just a little bit, you and I can never embrace the full reality of it. If we don't embrace the full reality, then how can we walk in faith in it when we don't have the full reality of it? It's sort of like a jigsaw puzzle. You're still trying to put the pieces together. you got all of the pieces. All of the pieces there when you bought the jigsaw puzzle. But you're struggling putting all the pieces in the right place. Got it all, but it's distorted. That's how the enemy comes and blocks and stops you and I from receiving. I don't want to use the word receive, but apprehending and walking in the fullness of all of the promises of God. Once again, the scripture said all the promises, all the promises are yes, and in him, amen. They're what? Yes. And in him, amen. Let's look at some principles, if you will, uh, that will kind of help us in, in this particular area uh, of the word of the Lord that will uh, help us to understand the process in obtaining uh, um, and maintaining all of the promises and all of the blessings of God. Uh, the word of God is full of patterns. It is full of patterns. It's a pattern itself. And and God God did not allow this word to be written just to be written, because He didn't have absolutely nothing else to do. There's no coincidence uh, that God chose David. There's no coincidence that God chose Moses and Elijah and Elisha. Uh, just come off of a shut in, and and that shut in God uh, revealed some beautiful things to me uh, concerning the life of Elijah and Elijah and the pattern. Of Elijah and Elisha's life to the church in Christ Himself, in in our day and time, and even in the the sons, the sons of the prophets uh, of uh, uh, Elisha day at Elijah. Excellent principles, excellent beautiful principles uh, in the Word of the Lord. So let's look at this, if you will. I'm going to go to the Book of Proverbs, chapter four, and verse twenty to twenty-five. Proverbs chapter four, verse twenty to twenty-five. Now, I, I know that I know that I know in my heart of hearts, God is really trying to get you and I uh, to come to a place that there is great, great signs, wonders, and miracles that is flowing in earth. I'm going to tell you why. The scripture clearly tells us, uh, God, all through the Old Testament, my glory shall fill the earth. My glory shall fill the earth. How in the world is God's glory going to fill the earth? If you and I do not fulfill the purpose of God, let me give you an example. Uh, I'm taking uh, my family through uh, a discipleship process, and uh, then I'm taking it to the uh, uh, to the church. Kathy wouldn't be ministered to the ladies; I'd be ministered to the men, and both of us were doing uh, married couples through the same process. Uh, but we must be first partakers of the fruit. And uh, when we first started off, we was uh, sharing the principles of how God brought the children of Israel out of Egypt, uh, and and they was going through a process, a journey to the promised land. And then one of the passages of scripture said, "All have sinned and come short of the glory of God." And this is uh, fitting for uh, uh, what the Lord is saying today. 
and all of us know the scripture in Romans 3.23, all have sinned, all have sinned, all have sinned, and come short of the glory of God. My youngest daughter asked me, said, well, Daddy, what do that really mean, come short of the glory of God? And then I begin to give you an illustration. And I gave you an illustration out of the Bible, so on Wednesday night, uh, same illustration, because I am taking. Uh, just started taking the church. I said, uh, uh, glory means, well, one of the basic definitions is revelation uh, and manifestation of everything that God is and everything that God said. I said, but for God to be glorified is for whatever God created, it fulfills, it's doing what God says, then God is glorified. In the illustration I gave the sun, the sun rose this morning. The sun set last night. I said, what was, was is this, that's one of the purposes of the sun being created. Of course, we understand to warm the earth and all other different scientific uh, definitions. But, but it rose. He commanded to rose when he created it. He commanded to set. That's how we also, the uh, seasons and times is set. I said, now, was God glorified? I said, yes, he was glorified. Why? Because the sun is doing exactly what it was created to do. So the Son have not sinned. The Son have not come short of the glory of God. I said, but man have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All of us are born in sin and shape and iniquity. Now since we are born, what? Again. Born again for what? Born again back to the original command that God gave Adam. God haven't changed his mind. The sun still rises and sets. God haven't changed his mind. We're still in the earth realm. So what was the original command of man? To have take dominion of the fish of the sea, to follow the air and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the face of the earth. Face of the earth? Yes. Feel the earth. Feel the earth. So if I'm doing that, then God will be glorified? Absolutely. Absolutely. Then everything, anything that is contrary to God, to the nature of God, to the purpose of God, I am to take dominion of it. I am to subdue it. And I am to advance the kingdom of the purpose of God. I am to advance the purpose of God. Then God is glorified in my life. Let us, what, make man in our image, in our likeness, and let them have dominion. Let us make man in our image and in our likeness, and let them have dominion. So, therefore, you and I was made in the image and the likeness of God for what reason? To function just like God functioned. Watch this right here. When Satan, a Lucifer, became Satan and rose up against God, in, in, in the angelic host, how did God operate? Did God kick Satan out? No, God didn't even deal with the matter. He didn't even deal with the matter. What did he do? He commanded Michael and his angels. The revelation said, fought against Satan and his angels. That's how you and I are, men and women of authority. But how God do it, he gave a word. He gave a command. So how you and I to deal with Satan? Give a word. I give a command. 
How did Jesus deal with Satan in the wilderness of temptation? It is written. It is written. We make it difficult. It either is written or it's spoken. It is written or has been spoken. Same thing. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth, it shall not return unto me void. What have God spoken over your life? He said, it cannot return void. Ladies and gentlemen, that is real. What God has spoken over your life, God is not like men. He's omnipotent, omniscient, and omnipresent. He knew the day your mother was going to conceive you. You are not a mistake. Period. And I don't care if you was born out of wedlock. You are not a mistake. God knows how to close people's wounds. Sarah was barren. Elizabeth was barren for years until they had supernatural birth. So God knows how to close your womb. If God did not want you here, he knew how to close your mother's womb, and you could not have gotten here if God did not want you here. So you are not a mistake, ladies and gentlemen, period. I don't care what kind of childhood uh, you had been raised up. I don't care how difficult it was. You are not a mistake, period. So therefore, why did God allow you to be born then, even if your mother had you out of wedlock? Because God had a purpose, had a purpose. Now, think about this right here. Here is a harlot, a whore, a prostitute that God knew before she was born that her mother was going to conceive her. Her mother, father probably never thought they thought it would be a prostitute. But here is this prostitute named Rahab that is written in the genealogy of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Don't that just blow your mind? With our our holy-than-thou mentality, why would God do something like that? Because God don't think like men. Rahab is a person that was made in the image and the likeness of God. She made bad decisions. You made bad decisions. I have made bad decisions. My wife has made bad decisions. Every human being on the past, on the face of this earth, one time or another, has made some bad decisions, has sinned, has erred. God don't don't look at men the way we look at men. The person you think would never make it, excuse me, most likely, is the one that God would choose, and the one you choose, God wouldn't choose. And so you and I need to stop being judgmental on, even on ourselves. Stop judging yourself. Stop yielding to the lies of the devil. This is how he really get over on Christians, every human being really. We listen to the lies. We embrace the lies because it seems like it will never come to pass. And then when God speaks to you and give you a prophetic word, you start downright immediately because it's so big. It is so great, it is so awesome, it's no way in this world that God want to do something like that with me. I know God is God, but do God know that I was born on the other side of the tracks? 
Did he not choose to track the tracks? Did he not even choose the other side? I mean, to create the other side? What tracks got to do with anything? You was born for a purpose. Matter of fact, the reason you was born is because there's something that was written in God's book, and you came as a result of God's book. Did Jesus come as a result of God's book? I come in the volume of the book that's written of me. Ladies and gentlemen, you came into the earth realm because you was a dimension of God that needed to be released in the earth realm and to be made manifest in the earth realm. That other people can see it and want to come to your God as a result of the manifestation of God in your life. This got to be real to you. Now, let's look at some principles here in the word of the Lord. Proverbs. Go there with me, if you will. Proverbs chapter 4. Let's see how this thing works. How you and I can obtain and receive and maintain everything that God uh, has promised and spoken. Before I go to the Spirit, God just quickly something else to me. Here's another manipulation of the enemy. The enemy blinds you concerning you, makes you feel insignificant. That's how he, everybody makes you feel insignificant, makes you uh, feel that you're not valued. And so what he does, he lets you focus on everybody else's gift, talent, prophecy, and you want everybody else's but yours. You want everybody else's gift but your gift. You seem so insignificant. Everybody's gift seems significant. And then West, that's a form of covetousness. But that's how the enemy manipulates us. And trust me, in your gift, other people want yours. And they see yours more valuable than theirs. That's how it works. When all of them is valuable, because all of them come from God. Your gift is a good gift and a perfect gift, and it comes from above. So therefore, if we all can just ask the Holy Spirit to set us free in reality from the lies of the enemy, the manipulation, and he can't do that if you don't agree with him, walk with him, help, allow him to help you. You got a role, he have a role. That's how he operates. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 that's what it says. My son, attend to my words. Attend to my words. Consent and submit. I'm reading out of the Amplified Version. Consent to what? My words. And submit to what? My words. My sayings. Verse 21. Let them not depart from your eye, your sight. Let them not depart from your sight. Let them not depart from your sight. Keep them in the center of your heart. Keep them where? In the center of your heart. Keep what in this? My words. Now notice verse 22. For they are life. For they are life. For they are what? Life. What is life? My word. You said, but preacher, I've been saved for 50 years, and I've been going to church for 50 years, and, and I'm not experiencing life. I never experienced life. Well, did you do everything that he just said? Attend, consent, submit to my word. Let them not depart from your sight. 
Keep them in the center of your heart. Keep them where? In the center of your heart. But do you do that? The average person don't. What is in the center of your heart? The thing that you meditate on the most? The thing that you think about the most? What, what am I thinking about? How bad this, your husband is? How bad your wife is? Oh, how this person did you wrong? How this person stole from you? How this person ripped you off? How this person manipulated you? How this person did this? How this person did this? How this person did that? Why do we meditate on that stuff? Why do we keep that in the center of our heart? And why don't we keep God's word in the center of our heart? Can I tell you why? Because what people have done to us, we are allowed to be more real than what God promised us, what God said about us. And so, therefore, because of the attack, because of the challenge and the instrument that Satan used, it reveals something, ladies and gentlemen. you got to fight to do this stuff. Now, notice what it says, verse 23, uh, uh, 2. For their life to those who find them. What is life? The word that I tend to, the word that I consent to, the word that I submit to, the word that I do not allow to depart from my sight, the word that I keep in the center of my heart. Let's look at something here. Let's look at the word attend. What do the word attend means? It means to give total attention to or to give it your undivided attention. To give the word what? Total attention. To give total attention to the word. Total. Undivided attention. Total and undivided. Total and undivided. That means there's no distraction. That means that nothing else matters. This word is more valuable than life. This word is more valuable than silver and gold. This word is more valuable than my marriage. This word is more valuable than my children. This word is more valuable than my job. It really is. Because it's the word that would give you a husband and give you a wife and give you children and give you a, a, a job and give you wealth or whatever the case may be. It's the word that you give total and undivided attention to. God gave Abraham a word that I'm going to make your name great and I'm going to make you wealthy, Genesis chapter 12. In Genesis chapter 13, we see him coming out of Canaan with great wealth. Why? Because he did the word. He did what God told him to do when it did not make any sense. Get out of that country, get out of that father's house, unto a land that I will show you, and I will make your name great. I will make your name great, and I'm going to make you wealthy. I'm going to bless those that bless you and curse those that curse you. Abraham didn't ask for that. That's what God's promise was based on Abraham's obedience. You do what I ask you to do. I'm going to make your name great. You do what I ask you to do, I'm going to make you wealthy. You do what I ask you to do, I'm going to bless those that bless you and curse those that curse you. He didn't ask for that. 
That is what God promised him. What did Abraham do? The Hebrew says, the Hebrew account of Genesis 12, the Bible says uh, he left not knowing where he was going. He did what God told him to do. He left not knowing. He left on what? The word that God gave him. Who did that reveal? That revealed that he paid attention to the word that God gave him. It revealed that his, uh, uh, he had undivided, gave undivided attention to that word. That reveals he was not distracted from the word. He was not distracted by his wife. He was not distracted by his family members. Abraham, stay here. It don't make any sense. Why are you going to leave us? You got security here, Abraham. Stay here. He did what God told him to do. And then, watch this right here. The next chapter, chapter 13, Genesis, he goes into this land, told his wife to lie, to tell them that, you know, you're my sister because you're a beautiful woman. You know, they're going to kill me and take you away from me. She obeyed her husband. And the king saw him sporting with her. Was probably, uh, you know, uh, uh, caressing her or whatever, whatever. And called him and said, man, what are you doing? I mean, you, you, you could destroy my whole nation. God gave the king a dream. He said, you touch that man's wife, you're a dead man. And the scripture says, the king gave him uh, um, wealth, uh, riches, uh, gold, silver, men and men servants, maid servants, cattle, goat, sheep. He went in there and came out wealthy. But, but he said, but he lied. But see, this is how you and I really need to get to understand how God operates. Did he leave his father's household like God told him? Yes. But he lied in the midst of doing God's will. And which one did God focus on? The lie that he told or him get leaving his father's household? Leaving his father's household. He said, but why didn't God focus on the lie? Because God knows you and I was born in sin and shaping in iniquity and how frail we are in our spirituality. So Abraham just got to know God. It's just like you've been born again. He didn't know God. He was a he was an idol worshiper. So he's getting to know this God. And God is training him along the way. Are you getting this? So when the devil mess up your head, well, God is not going to uh, move for you because you lied. Uh, God is not going to do this right here because you did this. And God is not going to do this because you did that. Well, the Bible says in 1 John chapter 2, if any man sin, he's a, uh, my little children, I'm writing, uh, writing these things unto you that you do not sin. But if you sin, I'm writing this to you that you do not sin. I'm writing this to you that you do not sin. But if you do sin, you have an advocate with the Father, the Lord Jesus Christ. You have an atonement. You have an propitiation, a propitiation for your sins, Jesus Christ. So if you do sin, you have Christ Jesus sitting on the right hand of the Father. And Satan cannot hold anything to you 
because that blood that Jesus shared on Calvary's cross is not here in the earth. It's in heaven. It is in heaven, ladies and gentlemen. And blood is sprinkled upon the throne of God or the mercy seat of God. Just like the high priest did in, 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 in the Old Testament, that's what Jesus had to do. That blood is forever. It's throughout eternity. God has provided eternal forgiveness. Man, I'm feeling the presence of God as I'm talking about this. Eternal forgiveness. You can fulfill the will and the purpose of God. You can apprehend the promises of God. But are you willing to do what the word of the Lord say do to, uh, to do that? Notice what it says. My son, attend to my words. Let God's word for your life be more important than the president, than your daddy, than your mama, your brother, your sister, your nephew, your nieces, your uncle, your aunt, your pastor, your governor, your mayor, whoever the word of God to you is more powerful than anything. But I'm going to tell you what we miss it. We start getting frustrated. We start getting frustrated. I'm going to read something to you, if you will. Matthew chapter 13, verse 19. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is he who receives seed by the wayside. Now think about this here. When there's no understanding, it is usually because we don't give total undivided attention to that word. Anytime you sit in, in, uh, under the word of God, God's going to speak to all of us personally from that word. Everything that is spoken may not be for you, but what you need at the moment is going to be for you. God is going to use your pastor, the preacher, or whoever, or while you're in your morning devotion, he knows how to get you to you and I exactly what we need. The living word of God. The word of God. So he says here, uh, Satan comes to snatch the seed when there's no understanding. So what is Satan after? Your word, my word. He said, my son, attend to my words. Consent and submit to my sayings. Let them not depart from your sight. Keep them in the center of your heart. Whose responsibility is it to do that, my so you want to see, do you, now you do, do you see and understand why a lot of us are frustrated? And John 10, 10 clearly says uh, to us, the thief comes not except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Jesus, I come that I may, you may have life and I may have it more abundantly. So watch this right here. If you, you and I have no word in our heart, then we're going to experience destruction and we're going to experience theft. He can steal your health. He can steal your wealth. He can steal your marriage. He can steal your children. He can steal your destiny. All he got to do is steal your word. He want your word. If I get your word concerning your destiny, if I can steal your word 
concerning your health, if I can steal your word concerning your wealth, if I can steal your word concerning your family, if I can steal your word concerning the giftings of God in you, then I have everything. I have you. If I get your word, I got you. Because if I get your word, then you have no foundation for faith. You have no premise for faith. The scripture did not say the word you receive pleases God. Faith pleases God. The word comes so you can have faith in God. The word comes from God to you for you to embrace that word to develop faith in the God that gave you the word. So he knew if I can just steal your word, I will steal your faith. Remember in the word of the Lord, Jesus uh, spoke to Peter and told Peter that Satan desired uh, to sift him as wheat. Do you all remember that in the word of the Lord? He said, Satan desired Peter. Luke twenty two thirty one. Let's read it, if you will. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you, that he may sift you as wheat. Satan wants for you. He have asked. He have asked that he may sift you as wheat. Verse 32. But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, when you have returned to me, which reveals that you are going to fall from me. He said, when you return to me, strengthen your brethren. But, but he says, but I prayed for you. It didn't say, I pray that you don't fail. He said, I pray that your faith should not fail. He didn't say, I, I pray that you don't fail. I pray that your faith do not fail. And when you have returned, and when you have returned, what is he saying? You will fail, but your faith won't fail. Because I prayed for you that your faith fail not. And when you return, your faith is going to restore you. Your faith is going to resurrect you. You've got to get this. He desired to sift you as wheat, but I prayed for you that your faith should not fail. Now watch this here. Have your spouse failed? Have your children failed? And when he says here, when you have returned to me, what that said, you're going to fall from me. And he didn't he denied Jesus and he fell from Jesus. But when you return to me, but how you know I'm going to return? Because I pray for your faith. So is it possible the reason you don't see your spouse returned, restored to you? 
it's because you've been praying for them to return to you. Instead of praying that their faith in God will be strengthened and their faith in God will restore them to God, and then the God that has joined you in holy matrimony will restore them back to you. Are you getting this? Have you prayed that your children's faith fail not? Or you've been praying for your children, that God will protect them and God will keep them and 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 that the Spirit of God will move upon them and and uh and uh God will give them a heart to obey his will and that they will fulfill his purpose. Have you prayed that they faith fail not? They have already fallen. They're already backslidden. So what you need to do is begin to pray that God will begin to stir their faith up, their trust, their confidence. Increase their faith in the Most High God. Increase their faith in the finished work of Calvary. Increase their faith in the resurrection. Increase their faith and trust and confidence. Everything that the cross uh, provided for them, everything that the uh, resurrection provided for them, everything that the ascension and enthronement has provided for them and still providing for them today. I pray that their faith fail not. And Lord, I thank you for their faith resurrecting them, their faith causing them to return to you and to love you with all of their heart, mind, soul, and strength so they can love their neighbor as themselves. They can love their spouse as themselves. They can love their children as themselves. They can love a humanity, period, as themselves. Satan comes, uh, he wants the word. If he gets the word, he have our faith. And that's where we fail at, ladies and gentlemen. Think about it. How many How many have been in a church service? And uh, prayer went forth. You got healed, delivered, set free. You felt great. You felt marvelous. And you left. Two, three weeks later, the very thing that God healed you of, now it's back on the scene. And then what is the first thing that comes out of your mouth? Evidently, God did not heal me. No, think about it. If the tumor dissolved, if you was not able to be mobile, and you're mobile, if it lasts for three weeks, one week, one day, that should show you something. It should show you something. But you don't understand what is going on. You don't understand that there shall be almost 100% of the time, not all the time, but majority of the time, a satanic counterattack. That's what people don't get. It's a majority of that. It's going to be a counterattack. Think about it. Jesus was baptized. God said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Jesus, the Holy Spirit leads him into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Now Satan began to challenge what God said. God said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. But if you be the son of God, this. If you be the son of God, that. If you be the son of God, this. If you be the son of God, that. And every time, what was his response? It is written. He was the word. 
he had the word of his father in his heart, in his mind. Think about it, what Proverbs 4, 20 says. My son, attend to my words. When the devil came at Jesus, what did he give him? The father's word. What did he give him? The father's word. My son, attend to my words. Consent and submit to my saying. Let them not depart from your sight. In the wilderness, his sight wasn't on bread. It was on the word. In the wilderness, his sight was not on uh, 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 becoming wealthy and powerful. The word. If you just bow down and worship me, I'll give you all the kings of the word. The word of God. The only thing that mattered to Jesus was what his father said. What his father promised. It is written. There will be counterattacks. But what are you saying in the counterattack? I'm sick. What, what are you saying? I must have made a mistake. Evident I didn't get healed. Yeah, he loves that, ladies and gentlemen. He loves it because he knew he got you now. He got you now. The only way that you and I will make it and succeed, ladies and gentlemen, we must come to the place in our relationship with the Most High God, with the Lord Jesus, with the Holy Spirit. We got to come to the place that we give total, undivided attention to the word that's been spoken to us. Undivided uh, total and undivided attention to your prophetic word. Total and undivided. Get it in your heart. Get it in your mind. Get it in your heart. Get it in your mind. Get it in your heart. Because verse 23 of Proverbs 4 says, Keep and guard your heart with all vigilance, and above all that you guard, for out of it flows the springs of life. What is the spring of life? The word. Jesus says in John 6, 63, the words that I speak, there's spirit and life. Spirit and life. Notice what verse 22 says. For they are life. They are life to those who find them. What? My words. Not only they are life, it goes on to say, and they are healing and health. They are healing and health. They are healing and health. What is healing and health? The word. But notice what it says. They are healing and health to all their flesh. It didn't say their spirit. It didn't say their soul. To their flesh. The word is healing and health to your flesh, my flesh. If I keep my heart, because i got to keep them in the center of my heart. Keep that word in the center of my heart. Are, are you getting this? Ladies and gentlemen, God cannot lie. Notice what uh, Psalms 119.11 says. Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Your word have I hidden in my heart 
that I might not sin against you. If your word isn't in my heart, I'm going to sin against you. This is what he's saying. If your word is not in my heart, I'm going to sin. How are you going to sin? Because you're going to begin to speak that which is contrary to that which the Father has provided for you and I through the death, the burial, the resurrection, the ascension, the enthronement of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We're going to sin. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of this woman. tired of this man. I'm tired of these children. I'm tired of going through. But why are you tired of going through when you already have what you need? But what I have, the word. But the problem is you have not hid it in your heart. You got excited when you heard it, but you didn't hide it in your heart. He says, your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. That I might not sin against you. But how do I get that word to stay in my heart? Joshua tell, told us. Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. From where? Your mouth. But you shall meditate in it day and night. It shall not depart out of your mouth. The only thing that should be coming out of my mouth concerning my circumstances and situation is the word of God concerning the situation. Jesus was wounded for my transgression. Jesus was bruised for my iniquities. And the chastisement of my peace was upon him. And with his stripes, I am healed. I am healed. Body, you are healed. Body, you are healed. I'm meditating on that word. I'm getting that word in me day and night, day and night. But I'm lazy. That's what happened to us. We end up getting lazy. We only want to hear a church sermon, and we want it to be quick and fast, and I go back out and do what I want to do and fill my heart with everything else and anything else and, but the word of God. But I want the results of the word. But I don't want to do what it takes to hide it in my heart. That's my responsibility to hide it. How bad do I want it? We depend on other people. You may, if your spouse is more spiritual than you, you want to depend on your spouse. If your uh, 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 your pastor, you want to depend on him, or your prayer partner, or your spiritual father, a spiritual mother. That's how people is today. They want to depend on people. You know your spiritual father, mother, a pastor. It's, 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 it's not there. God didn't give them to you to depend on them. God gave them to you to help you to get to know him or show you the way that day God took them to obtain the promise of God. For you to get to know God for yourself, then you could be beneficial to your pastor. Then you could be beneficial to your spiritual father and your spiritual mother or your prayer partner. You are no longer dead weight. You become an asset because you got to know him for yourself. If this is not taking place in our relationships, then our relationships become dead weight. Once again, your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. This book of the law shall not depart 
from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do, that you may observe to do what's going to happen. When that word, I'm meditating that word, is stayed in my heart, then what's going to happen as Proverbs 4.23 says, keep and guard your heart with all vigilance, and above all that you guard, for out of it flows the springs of life. Life is going to begin to flow. Life is going to begin to flow. Because you're speaking within your heart. You don't realize and understand. You are creating circumstances, situation for that word to come to pass or to be made manifest, or to be made manifest. Matter of fact, that next verse in Proverbs uh, 4, 23, uh, 24 is excellent too because it's falling right, right in line with what we were sharing here. 24 says, put away from uh, you false and dishonest speech. Put away from you false and dishonest speech and willful and contrary talk put far from you. Then what is false and dishonest speech? I am sick. I am broke. I am diseased. I am this. Everything that's contrary to the promise. Everything that is contrary to what God promised you. Every, once again, what is contrary? What is false? What is this honest speech? It's anything that is contrary to the word of God or the promise of God, ladies and gentlemen. Contrary to your marriage. A kingdom marriage. Kingdom family. That we need to repent about this honest speech. We need to repent of false and dishonest words that we have released out of our mouth. We must repent of willful and contrary talk that we have released out of our mouth. And let the fire God consume them. Let them die. Let them fall to the ground and die in Jesus' name. That's Satan's job. His job is to counterattack what God has spoken to you and promised you. That miracle you got last week in service, that deliverance you got, that healing you got, it's up to you to maintain. You got it. You experienced it. And you will turn around and say, uh, something went wrong or what the case may be. Nothing went wrong. We have a real enemy of God. He come to counterattack you. Counterattack me, everybody. He's after your word because he wants your faith. Get your word, he you got your faith. I pray for you, Peter, that your faith fail not. Satan desire to sift you as wheat. He desire to sift you as wheat. Why? He want that word. He want your word. First Peter 5, 8, and 11 through 11, Amplified verse said, Be well balanced, temperate, sober of mind. Be vigilant. Here's the word vigilant again. And cautious at all times. For that enemy of yours, the devil, roams around like a lion, rowing in fierce hunger, seeking someone to seize upon and devour, withstand him. Be firm in faith. Be firm in what? Faith. Against his onset, rooted, established, strong, immovable, 
and determined, knowing that the same identical suffering or appointed to your brotherhood, the whole body of Christians throughout the world. Verse 10, and after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who imparts all blessing and favor, who has called you to his own eternal glory in Christ Jesus, will himself complete and make you what you ought to be, established and grounded, uh, I didn't say grounded, established and ground in uh, securely and strengthened and settle you. Verse 11, to him be the dominion, power, authority, rule forever and ever, amen, so be it. To him who is him, the word, who is the word, Christ. Stand on that word, that dominion will be made manifest. Stand on what he promised you, that power will be released. Stand on that word he promised you, that the exercise of his power will be made manifest over the enemy. Stand on that word, and you experience the rulership of God over the enemy. Stand on that word. See, it's my time. Let me give you one more scripture before we depart. Today is my last day for this Saturday uh, uh, noonday prayer time. Hebrews 10, 23, 35, and 36. So let us seize and hold fast and retain without wavering the hope we cherish and confess and our acknowledgement of it, of what? The confession. For he who promised is reliable. For he who promised is reliable, sure, and faithful to his word. Verse 35. Do not therefore fling away your fearless confidence, for it carries a great and glorious compensation of reward. There shall be a reward of your confession of faith. Verse 36, for you have need of steadfast patience. That's where we missed it. For you have need of steadfast patience and endurance. For you have need of steadfast patience and endurance so that you might perform and fully accomplish the will of God and thus receive and carry away and enjoy to the full what is promised. You want to carry it away to the full what God has promised. You've got to fight to get your eyes off of people, circles, and situation and keep your eyes on the word of the living God. There's life. There's salvation. There's deliverance. There's the manifestation of the promise of God in that word. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been a pleasure joining you on these Saturdays. Uh, uh, We'll still be flowing on Mondays and Tuesdays at this present time. Uh, joining you on Mondays and Tuesdays night. That's the only time we'll be doing it. Unless and, and, and God deal with me and shift me, what, then we'll shift. But it's been a pleasure. And I pray that you got something out of this last Saturday. Uh, uh, words of exaltation today. Uh, understanding how to keep what God has promised you. And understand that there will be counterattacks. And a lot of times people think you're speaking negative when you say you're going to be counterattacked. There's a real devil in the world, ladies and gentlemen. 
It's going to be a counterattack. And so we got to understand this right here. Last thing, you got to understand Satan's ultimate goal is to get you off of the word. When you and I get moved off of the word, we move from the protection of God. And he knows he can do nothing with you and I as long as you and I stand on that word because that word protects us. He could not destroy Jesus in the wilderness of temptation. He stood on that word. So if I can get us off of the word to his word, that he know that God can do nothing. He can do nothing. we on his territory. And watch this right here. And then he have a right to steal everything that God has given us when we get on his territory. And God will let him because of the laws that governs this, this realm. And even the laws that governs our heart, our mind, our will. You got to understand that. Until you acknowledge and repent and cry to God, then he'll bring you right back over into the territory of God, back into the word of the Lord. But we still got to hold on to that word for it to manifest in the earth realm. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been a pleasure. We pray that the rest of your evening will be blessed. We pray that your Sunday service tomorrow will be great, powerful, full of the presence and the glory of God, the anointing of God. We pray that God will do great and awesome things in you and through you. We pray that God will raise you up to be the man and the woman of God that God has ordained, appointed, and anointed you to be. We pray that you will transcend this mundane and flow every day of your life in the supernatural, living in the spirit and walking in the spirit. Let's pray for one another. Let's keep each other lifted up in prayer. I want to congratulate you for being a part of the last Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday prayer line on uh, this week and uh, and joining us within the um, um, the uh, wow, just lost my train of thought here. The National Day of Prayer, thank you, Holy Spirit. The National Day of Prayer, and with the other pastors that joined forces to begin to pray the heart and the mind of God into the earth realm. But once again, this has been your host, Doctor Jim McKenzie, with the Master Key. God bless you. And may the Lord keep you. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.